Welcome to Slime Wire. Choose your own adventure. Toriton T2 and EK Men since they are broadcasting out of Portland, Oregon and Shikoku, Japan respectively. Vaporwave has begun to seep into the material world. We are living in dangerous times. Join us in our quest for truth in the vapor sphere. This is episode 2832 baby. Toriton T2 tells EK Men Sensei about his new apartment overlooking downtown. The boys go through Dream Catalog's new reopening statement and discuss the trials of HKE before reviewing the newest Dream Catalog drop, Hyper Whatever. Finally we discussed how Raitan T2's inflammatory post on the Vaporwave subreddit about the anti-capitalist themes of Vaporwave. SlimeWire will always be here for you. SlimeWire will prevail. We will now begin the show. Mahalo. Uh, welcome to the SlimeWire podcast. Uh, this is episode 2832, baby. Um, this, this is the SlimeWire podcast. We are the only important Vaporwave podcast out right now. Yeah. Um, I hate to I hate to say it, but it's it's true. Um, yeah. yeah. Of course. The relevant um, Vaporwave podcast. Yeah, the only one talking about the real shit. Um, yeah. I am your host, uh, Triton T2. I am broadcasting out of Portland, Oregon from my brand new apartment. Uh, sorry, we we missed a couple weeks because I was moving, and I am joined, of course, by the official uh, Japanese minister of loneliness. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? He's wearing a a fine, uh, finely fitted suit right now. Yeah, I think for the occasion, it's best if I revert to my former moniker of uh, Ikemen Sensei because <laughs> I am looking quite handsome in my little suit. Uh, so I'm going to introduce myself as the. Ikemen Sensei of Tokushima, Japan, coming at you live, direct from a remote town in the mountains of Shikoku. The weather's sunny. Everything's looking good. <clears throat> well, uh, good to be here. Thank you. It's good to talk to you, Ikemen. Do you have any questions about my new place? You 
if you want to know anything about it because it's pretty yeah, um, damn lit. Yeah, how many square feet is it? I have no idea, but it's very big. It's a lot bigger than my uh, than the the apartment that we lived at together. Yeah. Um, it's like basically like it's basically like I was in the old place. And then mm. I had this weird fever dream in Lentz. <laughs> and then I woke up in like a better version of Grace Manor. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seemed that you were undergoing a very hellish time out there. <laughs> anything east of the Willamette River, you just get like radiation from like East Oregon and like crystal meth. I was going just crazy. Going. I was going like totally insane. And I yeah. feel like a new man. Like, I feel like a completely different person. You belong on Barber. Morgan Folk, I mean, Triton T2 and uh, Barber <laughs> is uh, like, yeah, it's a match made in heaven, baby. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah, I feel like just being on that side, being on the west side of the Willamette is just essential. Like, you can't go to the east side of Portland. It just sucks ass. It's so it sucks. Fun. And like, whenever, like, every time people move here, they talk about how cool, like, northeast and southeast portland is and like yeah that shit sucks man like i've been like i've spent a lot of time over there i've lived yeah. in like a couple different places over there it sucks ass it's um, well i mean the places that are nice are just the extremely hyper gentrified streets of uh <laughs> yeah northeast that are like only if you have like a lot of spending money can you do anything fun down there and then all the rest of the parts are the people that were displaced by the gentrification of those streets who are unpleasant because they're angry and poor. <laughs> so like, yeah, man, like it sucks. Like you go anywhere east, anywhere east of those like gentrified areas, it sucks even worse. Yeah. Um, the, the one like thing I noticed over there the most is like somebody would be biking towards you and you'd be like, oh, it's a guy on a bike. He's probably normal. And then they would get closer and you'd be like, wait, that's a children's bike. Wait, <laughs> wait, they're high on meth. <laughs> wait, they stole that bike from a child. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's like a ship approaching in the distance and you just, as it gets closer, it's like on fire and there's people jumping <laughs> off of it. And yeah, dude, yeah. East Portland sucks. Even the hipster parts of East Portland kind of suck. Yeah, they uh, all suck. Like it's yeah. not cool. It's like tiny buildings. The cool thing about my place is I can walk 10 minutes and I'm downtown. So Honestly, I was walking Barbara around is... downtown last night. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, seeing all the, like, I've been deprived of, like, colors of, like, street lights, like, different colored things. Yeah. Just seeing, like, yeah. red blinking lights, it, like, rejuvenated me, you know? Bruh, no, I totally know, like, I, I know what you mean. Like, the, being out there in the hinterlands, it just sucks ass. If you're going to be poor, you should find a shitty apartment amongst the rich, because they work to make their living conditions pleasurable and fun to live in so yeah barber is like that it's perfect it's honestly like living in that area i think is the best part of portland to live in i will say one thing i've noticed since uh, moving up here into a very affluent neighborhood is that over here a whole lot of white people a whole lot of black lives matter yard signs where i was previously living whole lot of black people people zero zero lawn signs (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they're not putting up lawn signs they don't yeah they don't care yeah it's a middle class revolution disguised as something else but uh yeah uh have you been to swan mart yet oh yeah it's beautiful beautiful nice uh 
nice Asian lady that barely speaks English, you know, ringing you up. They Love got that. they got all the cool shit. Um, they got wrap snacks chips, you know, the the chips that are like based on wrappers. What? <laughs> you never yeah. heard of wrap snacks? Never heard of wrap snacks. No. Yeah, they're like chips that are like based on like wrappers. Our um our old acquaintance, uh, the the white guy with dreads. He used to have oh, yeah. like an he had like an ODB wrap snack bag like pinned on his wall. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> so he just pinned some garbage on his wall. Yes, yeah. So, are you gonna decorate your room? It's just so bare and white. I yeah, mean, I mean, it's pretty vaporwave, but yeah, I mean, I look. I'm the whole house doesn't have any decorations right now. We look like serial killers, uh, me and my roommates. So, I hope to get some decorations. But like, you know, I'm a I have some, like, I don't want any tapestries up. I don't want none yeah. of that gay shit. <laughs> I don't want any yeah, tapestries. Yeah, yeah. I don't want lame. I don't want any video game posters, any movie posters, any yeah. music posters. I just want tasteful art. Yeah, well, your roommate, uh, who I won't mention his name, had that map of Portland, that old map of Portland. That was pretty tasteful. Yeah, we're going to put that up. We just got to get a nail. Just got to get some nails. Nice. Okay, and this is my last thing that I'll ask. How's your, have you, are you at loggerheads with your roommate yet? Have you confronted him and <laughs> cajoled him? <laughs> uh, no, we're staying very cordial right now. Nice. Lord knows what'll happen uh, over the months, but yeah, we're staying very cordial. Yeah, yeah. Keep it, keep it 100. <laughs> That's my advice. All right, well, let's get into it, baby. We got, we got Vaporwave news baby um yeah, dream catalog down. dream catalog is back and yes. there was a like pretty absurd like route that dream catalog took to get back um there was like a lot yeah. of t- insane twitter beef i'm realizing i did not have the uh the official like a dream catalog coming back statement pulled up <laughs> which I don't know if you read it. It's pretty. I funny. believe I'm pulling that up right now. I'm going to bring it up and I'm going to read. Just, I did just read all stuff. of it. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it was goddamn uh, hilarious. Do you, do you have it? I'm, I'm looking on my phone right now because my internet is taking so fucking long. But uh, here we go. <laughs> so it says, birth of a new catalog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is a great pun on for the new day um here we go as was announced in a mail out last week dream yeah. catalog has reopened as a record label after a three-month-long closing ceremony which saw the release of 14 albums over 14 days in its final stretch and the vow from lucid <laughs> the vow from lucid and then in parentheses hae that the label would never reopen we are here already less than two months out with dream catalog back in action <laughs> new logo and all the label relaunched with the surprise <laughs> premiere of hyper whatever by the slash end a new band consisting of Lucid and Remember that sees both members joining forces on electronic production while Lucid provides vocals and lyrics, Jude providing the guitars, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care about that stuff. Um, Okay, here we go. In regards to the future, no, that's just about the Dream Catalog newsletter. There was, okay, here we go. Dream Catalog will reopen as a curated gallery of brand new and exclusive album airdrops later today. 
in short, Dream Catalog will reopen as a record label later today. Since yeah, yeah, I know. Here, I know. Sorry, what? Okay, I feel like the I feel like the juicy shit gets when you scroll down, and it's yeah, under yeah. just big block letters. Why? Yeah, here we go. Why? <laughs> when I announced the Dream Catalog would shut down last year, it was done under the foolish presumption that there was some legacy to protect. It's become <laughs> rapidly clear to me, however, that there is no legacy of Dream Catalog. Do you agree Damn. with that? Do you agree with that statement? Uh, I agree with the sense in which he is saying it. Like, you know, obviously people would tend to, anybody who cares about the vaporwave scene would tend to say that there is indeed a huge legacy of Dream Catalog. Uh, but I think what he's saying is that since, you know, vaporwave turned out to be pointless and uh, he hates the scene, that it doesn't really matter at all. Yeah, at a, in a larger sense, and maybe what he was trying to do with Dream Catalog failed. So, no matter what legacy it might have, it's it didn't fulfill its purpose and is thus uh, irrelevant. And we can get into like why it maybe failed and like what exactly what happened. But here, let me keep going. What even sure. was Dream Catalog? To many, it was a vaporwave label. To many others, it was a dream punk label. To many others, it was the leading label for experimental and electronic music in the 2010s. To many others, it was the successor to British electronic music institutions, such as Warp and Ninja Tune for a New Generation, etc. Um, I actually like, I remember being like really deep into Dream Catalog, like a few, you know, like several years ago and thinking yeah. that, that that exact same thing, like being like, really like, this is the, oh bro, this is the new Warp records like this is yeah. like the leading like electronic shit happening you know? yeah yeah uh yeah i when i was reading this it occurred to me that many people probably did really have that thought at least at least british people had that thought in their head you know um and that never occurred to me before reading this little blurb but yeah that is true yeah i was definitely like all on board and that's like definitely what i thought about dream catalog and sort of like yeah, that's cool. Vaporwave I mean, as a whole, and then Dream Catalog being like the flagship label of that era. Of you know? yeah. yeah, I think that uh, Warp. I mean, at least Warp had a much more widespread cultural influence and reach and distance than Vaporwave, and then Dream Catalog in general. But I do see what he's saying. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Okay. Whatever way you want to cut it, all of these are gone now, vague and distant memories of something that happened lost in the static of internet mass produce. <clears throat> Sorry. As is clear with some recent events, there is little respect in the internet music industry, and most cynical of those involved, the ones purely with dollar signs in their eyes, will attempt to raid the label's discography and tear it apart. Yeah. Okay, okay, so I remember exactly what you said we're starting to say before we cut off. What was I starting to say? Sorry for okay. everybody, I have relocated to the living room and there should be no more uh, technical disturbances. No, we can, uh, okay, this, we can restart from exactly where you stopped and we won't, nobody will know, nobody okay. will even notice. What was it? Okay, so it was in reference to uh, somebody uh, what was it called? Something something tapes. It was like goofy tapes. Shitty okay. Tapes. So, 
what happened was there's a classic DC album it's called Nouveau Life. Um, yes. It's a culture alias. Yeah. Um, previously, Dream Catalog had talked about re-releasing their entire catalog on vinyl. Um, it didn't look like that was going to happen. Yeah. A different label came up. It's called Tiger Blood Tapes. It's run by, by the guy that runs that used to run the Private Suite uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so you were saying, you said, and so you and I both know, that's what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You and I both know that we cannot condone um, Tiger Blood Tapes because of its involvement with the man that was running the Private Suite podcast. Of course. We have yeah. to, we have to roll with our, you know, we have to roll with DC on this one. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. We're rolling with Dream Catalog. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so HKE got very got upset on Twitter, and sure. I, I guess this has happened many times where different tape labels, different uh, vinyl vaporwave labels will come up and snatch um, albums from the the DC uh, like repertoire, you know, the the DC catalog, gotcha. and put them out on vinyl, and you know, most of them like sell out and do very very well. Yeah. So. I saw the way that he's coming to like, he's coming from this idea that like he's looking at all of these new vaporwave labels popping up and all these guys see are dollar signs, you know, it's yeah, really, so we're talking about number three. Yeah. Paragraph number three, paragraph yeah. number three. So it's easy now like to start like a vinyl label and put out like a really popular, um, like old school vaporwave album and make like a bunch of money and it might not have anything to do with like the original you know, creator the original the creator the original like um yeah like how the album like originally came out and it sort of like sidesteps the original label i've i mm -hmm. lost my fucking okay here we go initial announcement okay so yeah so what do you think about that so the idea of uh, vaporwave, other vaporwave labels coming, taking HKE's album and uh, leaving a pointless empty husk standing there, regardless of any attempt to preserve a legacy. Yeah, it was not HKE's album, but just the general idea of like he believes that um, Dream Catalog was a big factor in make bigging like making these albums really popular, and that's why they're so popular now is because they were on Dream Catalog because. I mean, I remember, range. like, I remember when an album came out on Dream Catalog, it was like, oh, shit, like, you know. Oh, shit, the new Dream Catalog drop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's the so entire really reason that these albums are big. And I think, like, is there merit to this idea that there are these, like, small, these, like, vinyl labels popping up, just sort of capitalizing off of classic of vaporwave albums in a very capitalistic way which yeah. stands like which is you know juxtapose that with the original sort of anti-capitalist themes of vaporwave the original punk uh ethos of vaporwave and the fact that probably these albums were released for free on bandcamp on dream catalog originally right yeah yeah definitely they were back when they were still edgy hot and new uh, and it was still kind of a risk to bring them out. I mean, not a risk so much as like a 
Yeah, it was. There was definitely risk involved because you're, you're sampling music, you know. And that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, the obvious counterpoint here is that we're contradicting ourselves because we uh, it's vaporwave and people should be free to sample whatever they want. Why not sample an entire album in the form of just stealing it and re-releasing it on your label, right? For um, money, yeah. Yeah, for money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that is kind of vaporwave. I never thought about it like that. It is a little vaporwave if you think about it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, we've painted ourselves into an ideological uh, spot where we can't complain about anyone stealing anybody else's work uh, because it's vaporwave to do that. So, you know, technically we can't say anything mean about this. Uh, but it is, yeah, no, I get, I mean, I get where he's coming from. It's shitty. Yeah, and I understand. And, and I do understand the, I do feel that a lot of these um, vinyl releases coming out lately really are just uh, for money. Cash grabs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it's part of the uh, mainstreamification of Vaporwave. And now that there's a market for it, uh, yeah, people are trying to capitalize on that market and release. I imagine, so when you say that these guys are basically taking these classic albums and re-releasing them, really they're just basically giving a getting a limited run vinyl pressing for these old albums, right? Yeah. That's I don't know. Well, the thing, so this raised a lot of controversy because Tiger Blood Tapes had not yet announced that they were releasing this album on vinyl. So ah, he was spilling insider info. And ah. so, yeah, nobody knows exactly like how big the pressing was going to be, how much the vinyl was going to cost or, uh, yeah. you know, or, or if it was going to make any money or how much money it was going to make. Oh, so it never actually got released. So not yet. Yeah, it was insider info being spilled because HKE and culture like talk to each other. Like he knows yeah. that artist, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I generally want to get behind. Like, I, I think there's a strong case for HKE saying what he's saying that, like, just taking the album and re-releasing it and making a whole bunch of money off of it delegitimizes sort of a legacy that he had built up with Dream Catalog. And uh, yeah, people are just, I mean, when I read over like everything that HKE says, I always think that he has this big sort of victim mentality going on where Vaporwave is turned against him, you know? Yeah. And uh, he's the lone, he's this lone figure standing against the, the Vaporwave establishment. But there is kind of some truth to that because he's basically yeah. just, he's toiled I in obscurity and created like so much. I mean, he's like, he's 20% of all Vaporwave classic albums, right? Yeah, like, he's, he's made so them. much. And like he's also a, like if you, like even outside of like Vaporwave and Vaporwave classic albums, like when I think of like, who are the genius artists of like the 2010s? Like who like has really yeah, been making yeah. shit that like sets, that like goes, further than anything else it's like i you know you can count them on one hand and hke is one of them like in my yeah opinion. for sure every time you listen to an hke release 
I mean, the like sonic palette is different yet recognizable. And uh, yeah, I mean, just in, in terms of output over quality, like output divided by quality, like, yeah, I mean, he's obviously a savant and a genius. And yeah, it has established so much of a certain part of Vaporwave, like a certain aesthetic of Vaporwave mm -hmm. um, and inspired so much of, yeah. So like, yeah, like, I feel like you should actually take seriously the idea that he has a legacy to preserve. Um, and yeah, so I do get that. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, yeah, it is kind of vaporwave. Yeah, it is kind of vaporwave to steal things. Um, I mean, I understand how HK like would not be okay with that since he has disavowed vaporwave. But, true, true. but that is, you know, that's semantics. Um, Pure semantics. I guess what what the to go back to the other thing that you were saying about this like sort of victim mentality that like feels sort of real. Um, yeah. I, like I feel like it's very real, and I feel like you and I, um, like sort of like we're in, like we and like our manifesto episode said yeah. that like you know we're tired of like this like vaporwave was supposed to be this modern art movement. It was supposed to yeah. be this like found art postmodern thing that existed like outside of traditional music existed outside of like the traditional music industry and it you do feel a little bit insane like seeing vaporwave grow and just become like this spot where like it where it's just about like retro video game enthusiasts and yeah furries and like shit like that and like i do sort of feel like a crazy person like looking at that and being like, no, that's not that's not what it should be at all. And then like, but everybody else in the vaporwave scene is being like, no, this no. Is, it, it's better than ever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I sort of get that, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, and like, yeah, that's like, he is obviously a person that has, uh, like, although you know, although he's super egotistical and kind of manic uh like he has very high uh you know ideal or not ideological but conceptual ideals that he wants music his music to live up to uh and he's just not uh, the current state of vaporwave isn't living up to that legacy yeah uh but yeah i don't know um yeah, I do. Yeah, so like again, like I want to be on his side, and I think that, um, insofar as, like, in regards to like other vaporwave people that share our viewpoint on vaporwave and on art in general, I think HKE probably comes the closest to anyone. You know? Yeah, that's like out there and saying stuff. I think yeah, there, are, sure. there, there are people that like, there is like a divided camp of vaporwave that is like sort of against what it's what it's becoming. Um, but they're, they're pretty few and far between, at least when you're like paying attention to like vaporwave Twitter. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay, let's keep going. So the, we <laughs> left off with, yeah, leaving a pointless empty husk standing <laughs> there regardless of any attempt to preserve a legacy. 
the 2010s is long over and people have already moved on. There's nothing worthy of preservation anyway. Rather than let this corpse of what once was fester and be chewed away slowly by maggots, I thought to myself, <laughs> During a recent walk around town, why not dance in the dust around the bones <laughs> of the skeleton and raise some new spirit out of it? This is my patch of land after all, and I can graffiti all over it if I so desire. Um, I say yes, Get, proceed to graffiti all <clears> over. <throat> Absolutely, life. yes. I love all, like every time <clears throat> people are mad at what Dream Catalog is doing, that like supports the uh, artistic concept of it even more you know yeah yeah <clears throat> all right yeah for sure okay um yeah i got nothing i got nothing to add to that <laughs> what's even a record label in today's world but a glorified Bandcamp page that organizes the production and selling of merchandise anyway if an artist can upload their entire discography to Bandcamp, spotify audius and wherever else with such great ease then what's the use of a label at this point? So when I said that, like, the the spark of this outrage was over um, the stealing of this culture album by Tiger Blood Tapes. After that, HP got into like a lot of spats with like a lot of people, and the man yeah. just started ripping, and he <laughs> he ripped hard, man, and he started bringing everything up, like all the old controversies too. So he brought up like pizza and he brought up uh here his like long like this is like long documented now hatred of Bandcamp as a platform and the yeah, idea yeah. that Bandcamp is homogenizing uh experimental music so yeah. yeah i don't know do you have any thoughts about that um uh, uh i don't know i Bandcamp seems in comparison to all, I think, you know, you can't, there's nothing you can say specifically about Bandcamp that you couldn't say about any other streaming service except worse, you know? Yeah. So I don't see why Bandcamp specifically, like, I think probably the fact that there is a lot of experimental music on Bandcamp uh, points to the fact that it is the least exploitative out of all of those. I, I don't know if that's a fact, but it's, seems like it is relatively less exploitative and commercialized than Spotify or any other streaming service. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that you can generalize anything that a guy might say about Bandcamp to any, to just the concept of music streaming in general. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's also a point there that like <clears throat> going against like you should be against Bandcamp and Spotify and all of these other platforms because they exploit artists. Um, but you shouldn't be against them. But I think there's a certain kind of criticism that comes from people that want underground music to stay hard to find so that there is some kind of uh, like, like, status to being the guy that knows the most about it you know mm -hmm. um and that is not really a valid i don't think that is as much of a valid criticism although i do understand that like having experimental music being sold in like a physical location or being sold just even on the internet but in a non-centralized way uh it gives you know it it 
gives you a sense that it's part of your life world and it makes music into more of like a hobby and something that you can engage with a little bit more. But other than that, yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with the idea that um, Bandcamp is homogenizing uh, experimental music. I think that it's... Yeah, I mean, I think the like main idea is that like if you're putting out like some like experimental music on Bandcamp, it like sort of becomes just like a Bandcamp page rather than like a uh, like a an album or like an artistic statement. Um, I think that's yeah. what he's saying. Um, yeah, okay. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't really have any thoughts about that. Yeah, well, I think that this is the start of the latter half of this. Uh screed that is that does kind of get interesting because it kind of sounds like with number seven paragraph number seven um with all this being said dream catalog is now purely a piece of internet real estate i can use to my advantage and to the advantage of artists i want to rep we won't attempt to be known for any particular style or genre like the dream punk and especially not vaporwave a vile, wretched genre. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, man. Yeah. A vile, I will release, wretched genre. I will release on here whatever I think is good and deserves to be heard. That could range from dream punk to flap, metal to classical, whatever. Who knows? Um, yeah, I think that like... Uh, so it sounds like basically what he's saying is I'm just going to use the clout of Dream Catalog to just, as an attention grabber, for artists that I want to draw attention to, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not, it's like the least possible, like in terms of any form of organizing music, like be that a record label or a music streaming platform. It's like the least organized possible. It's not even, I mean, it's not even like a label, you know, it's just the music that some guy likes, which seems pretty cool to me. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's that's what an auteur is, right? Like yeah. somebody shoving, like putting their their hands all over like the stuff that they release throughout other people. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and I'm excited for that. Like, I'm excited to hear what comes out of Dream Catalog in the future if it if it remains open you know yeah for sure i mean there's there were labels that were like a uh fool's gold records was something that had a bunch of different genres on it um and you know there are labels that don't adhere to one particular genre but just the idea that it's a dream catalog now is basically just an excuse for one guy to take artists that he thinks are good and distribute them to a public and dream catalog just dream catalog is like a pure brand that means nothing anymore it's only the pure advertising revenue advertising value of it is the only thing that's important about the name dream catalog in this new configuration mm -hmm. Which brings us to, or did you have something else? No, 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 I'm good. Okay, which brings us to number eight. There are a group of brilliant artists I feel need a context for their music to thrive. 
this has become evident to me since Dream Catalog shut down, this new Dream Catalog can provide that context. And then going forward, artists can upload the, okay. That's just yeah. like stuff about how the label will work. I don't really care about that stuff. Um, I will attempt to focus Dream Catalog on the same type of artists I've built the label's identity around, which tends to be innovative, working class British artists who don't have the money or connections to get into the fake bullshit London industry. Uh, oil and water. There will also be releases from non-British folk and brand new names as ever too, while distinctly attempting to avoid the type of pricks who only use independent labels as a stepping stone to industry ladder climbing bullshit. Can smell them from a mile off now. Which brings us to the other like Twitter spat that HK got into where he was um, like going really hard at AG Cook and PC Music and Hyperpop and saying that AG Cook is a rich kid who like paid for his music to get released and HKE is a poor guy who built his label up from the ground by himself, never yeah. had any of these industry connections. And then he, you know, he takes it further by saying that the whole Hyperpop scene ripped him off and 100 Gex ripped him off. And so that's where I think that's like, and then we'll talk about it when we talk about that album, uh, Hyper Whatever, which is why yeah. he's going really hard against um, like music industry type, uh, as he says, <laughs> socialists with middle-class bank accounts, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, damn. Yeah, I don't like, you know, you know how I feel about uh, the whole PC music uh, genre. Yeah, you're a big fan. I'm a big fan. I don't know how I feel about my boy here uh, coming after him like that. <laughs> um, suffice it to say that PC music was definitely around long before. I mean, like their earliest releases are from like, you know, 2013, 2014. They're not like. That's like when Dream Catalog was like starting. I think Dream yeah. Catalog started in like 2014. Yeah, but their earliest stuff is definitely, I would say, pretty safe to say that it's not influenced by anything that makes Dream Catalog Dream Catalog. Like it's all basically house music and dance music with like a poppy sheen to it. Like, so that idea that it's like, it's like dance music, but, um, but with some of like overdriven sounds of the early 2000s pop music scene. That idea has been around in PC music since its inception. Uh, so like the idea that it's all stolen from flap, I just don't buy it, you know? <laughs> and even if like, <clears throat> I mean, we can get, we can come back to this, but, and I think this is going to lead into a lot of my opinions about uh, hyper whatever, like, even if, like, Flap was a, like, reference point for what Hyperpop was, what it became in, like, 2019 and 2020, which is a very recent development. Uh -huh. um, like, they, you know, they got the it factor, right? Like, there's something to be said for making music that people like and want to listen to and uh that makes you you know enjoy yeah that. i mean i think 100 gex is like genius you know like i love that album like a lot yeah 
Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I was sort of like totally on board with like what you're saying. And then, yeah, I like, I like replied. I was trying to get, like Ira was replying to HKU when he was like tweeting this stuff. And I was like, well, don't you think that they like, like came to a similar conclusion as you did, you know? Yeah. And what he said was that like, there's too many uh, similarities and it's not, it doesn't really have much to do about the music, although you can tell the musical connection, but like he was talking about how he used to tweet flap, 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 like over and over again. And yeah. he would talk about hyper reality, hyper yada yada. All of a sudden there's hyper pop. All of a sudden they're saying gek, 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 gek. And yeah, yeah. I'm not like, I'm not, I don't necessarily believe that they like, like ripped him off, but like, if I were him and like, I could understand being paranoid about that. I can understand seeing those comparisons and like getting into a thing in your head about it. Like there are like a lot understand. of comparisons you can make. I feel like I could understand being pissed about it because somebody basically had a very similar idea to you at about the same time. And then they got famous and you didn't. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not so sure about like, like as yeah, so I'd say insofar as somebody anybody is repping an idea that uh, like hyperpop is directly in like they listened a hundred gex and other uh, popular music musicians in that scene listened to flap and were like, this is fucking cool. Let's steal this and pretend <laughs> like it's our sound. Like that's <laughs> crazy. This is ridiculous and. Uh, like a there's no resolution to this like you can't you can't go into laura less's uh like search history and scroll back to 2019 and see if she was listening to flap uh you and... you sort of can because laura less has been following hke on twitter for years since before 100 gex blew up uh yeah that doesn't prove anything and besides <laughs> but i mean yeah, that's I weird like i mean why would they follow hke you know I don't know. Because he's a popular musician? Is he? Is he popular? (laughs) I think he's popular enough that, and besides, people just follow, like, you shotgun follow people on Twitter, right? Like, anybody that has any remote relevance to electronic music, if you're an electronic music artist, you're going to follow them. And all I'm trying to say is that this is a, there's no way to prove this. And even if 100 Gex decided <laughs> decided to rip off maliciously yeah. maliciously rip off uh, uh, HKE, um, I would say that like as much genius as HKE is, like it's the precise limit of HKE's musical ability that he could not, if he tried, make some pop songs based on that sound that people will that a mass audience would like and that is a talent in itself yeah the ability to make something that like he's too <clears throat> idiosyncratic you know yeah yeah and all of his flat music shit was like you couldn't put that on like a bunch of fucking gen z kids couldn't if you tried to put that on at a party people would just stare at you they would just think you're a freak because <laughs> it's like just really weird they would think that you're an incel if you tried to put on any flap music right 
<laughs> um, whereas if you put on, yeah, like put on Money Machine and people are just going to be like, oh, hey, nice, cool. It sounds good. Uh, and they're going to dance to it. Um, and that's because the artists have charisma and they have charm. They have likability and they got songwriting chops. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm not here to argue who's the better musician, 100 Gex or HKE. True, um, true. Neither yeah. am I. Although I am wearing a suit. So I could be, I feel like I'm like lawyering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, and then the other thing is that like uh, a lot of the artists on PC music and a lot of the artists on that are described under the vague term hyperpop, like there's way more than 100 gex and there's way more uh, uh, variations in that sound. Yeah. And like the, I think that the real, the, I mean, obviously the one person that's the most responsible for starting hyperpop as what it is today is Sophie. Uh-huh. Like, like when her music came out, uh, it was, it wasn't really recognized and it wasn't really like uh, influential at first, but her music, I think, is really where you can mark, like, when it became just some, like... It really sounds like hyper-pop music. Yeah, know? yeah. And and if somebody wants to say that Sophie was inspired by HKE, I laugh in your face. Because Sophie wasn't inspired by anybody. Sophie was new. Completely new. Um, and also had artistic chops that are, you know, far beyond what uh hke would be capable of producing as talented as the man is so yeah i just don't uh i don't buy it i don't i don't buy the vitriol and i think that there's uh reconciliation as to the as to the uh idea that um all of those guys are just like middle class yuppies that are using their daddy's trust fund to like put out music on a major label you know that's probably true and i that's I think how that, like, like that's the majority of like indie artists are that yeah, yeah. Um, and then, the, the like the very special thing about vaporwave in the early days was because it has such a low bar of entry it has such a low bar of like um promotion like it can't like you no vaporwave artist is trying to get in the magazines like somebody like ag cook might yeah. be you know and so yeah. like vapor i understand where he's coming from in that those early like dream catalog days they were setting themselves apart as being something that was built from the ground up you know without sure. with zero industry connections you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um it's very rare uh, nowadays yeah yeah no that's true i think that speaks to like the effect of uh austerity on uh the music industry only rich people can afford to be artists now because poor people have to survive and uh they don't have time to be putting a band together anymore mm -hmm. um but yeah so I, you know that's righteous anger but at the same time like i don't know like is hke a poor kid i don't know who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just listen to the tunes. 
Um, yeah, man. I'm I'm a poor kid, so I, I understand the vitriol. I do Absolutely. get angry when I see rich people get money, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Slime Wire. Choose your own adventure. All right, so we're back. Uh, this is Triton T2 with EK Man Sensei. We are, uh, we re- where we're, we are, we re-recording. I, yes, take two. We screwed up. We done goofed. Yeah. Um, last time we talked. Yeah, last time we talked about this, we, we got a little heated with each other, and um, it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good content for the pod. It no, was, no. It was a little bit too cringe, so. It was a little bit too personal. Yeah. Airing our dirty laundry out there for everyone to see. Nobody wants to know about that. Yeah, deep down we hate each other, but like we also love each other. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we love each other exactly as much as we hate each other. So you know, things. <laughs> this was destined to happen. We all knew it was going to happen one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want like access to the 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 raw audio of like the the real podcast the lost podcast like yes you know you can dm me and offer me any amount of money and i'll probably send it to you but yeah. um but we're not going to publish it for for the sake of the pod uh we're going to be the better men and we're going to re-record this portion so yeah we're, we're talking of course about the as of this moment the uh newest dream catalog drop hyper whatever by the slash end which is a uh, quote-unquote band consisting of HKE and remember another uh, Dream Catalog alumni. And it is an album that is like directly related to all of the HKE Twitter beef and uh, like stuff that we talked about in the beginning portion of this podcast. So, um, you know, Evan, what, or Ikemen Sensei, what were your thoughts about this project um well so i thought that the uh the move to like a live act uh was uh brought some highs and lows to the uh to the project right so like i like the live instrumentation was like recorded really interestingly um I thought it was interesting to see HKE's take as a producer on what he would do with live instruments, like those drums on, um, like the live drums on a lot of the tracks are recorded in such a way as to sound really, like I've never heard live drums sound like that, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, so mostly I liked uh, um, like HKE's production game is as on point as it's ever been. It's, as creative as it's ever been. Um, and I do kind of like, I mean, I think uh, uh, it's, as you were saying before, this was an album that was created in the heat of the moment. This is an album that was created with a lot of passion behind it. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so <clears throat> um, those aspects about it I liked, um, but I kind of felt like you know, the slash end is supposed to be a attempt by HKE to move beyond vaporwave, 
you know what I mean? To move into a new realm of music, uh, call it dream punk or whatever you will. Um, and uh, I just felt like there was something amiss, like judging it as a vaporwave album would be one thing, but this is something that's presenting itself as like normie music, you know, like regular music with um, a... Yeah, I would like slightly disagree there because it is, um, it's obviously not supposed to be a vaporwave project, but I think it is very much in the realm of like the greater scene of internet music and one would not like it'd be impossible to comprehend this project without understanding paperwave and like what it is and like yeah and and furthermore understanding hke's like own vitriol against vaporwave and the like literally very specific twitter threads that he had been in like the week of recording this project you know yeah yeah but so like if you're i mean i don't know like holding it to a standard of where it's conceptual art and it's uh uh like everything in it is like part of the message and i mean so what brought us to blows for the audience what brought us to what brought things <laughs> to a head last time was that i thought that the uh the lyrics and the vocals of hke um, singing live on this project were, uh, to put it mildly, a little cringe. And um, uh, so on this project, I felt like HKE, more than anything that he's done before, like he's had his voice over songs on some of his previous projects, but it's not, this scene sounds to me like he's trying to be the front man of a band, like, He's the lead singer of a band, uh-huh. a musical act. And I feel that he doesn't fulfill that role well. He lacks the charisma to bring that, to be able to play that role fruitfully. And you can hear it in his voice, and you can hear it in the way that he just doesn't deliver on his vocals. And I think the lyrics being cringe, there's like a... You know, there's an argument to be made that it's like, this is the heat of the moment and he did, wasn't thinking before he wrote it down or like that very cringiness is part of the persona and it's part of the project. But that sounds to me like a cop-out. So, and that gets to my point of like, how do you want to judge this piece of music? Do you want to judge it as like, a band's album like the debut album of a band or do you want to judge it as a piece of conceptual art made by an idiosyncratic and reclusive vaporwave mastermind um so i just don't know and if so then like it doesn't work either way you know what i mean but that's not to say that i didn't like the album i if i had to give it like on a point scale, like a grading scale, I'd probably give it like a solid 7.5 to 8 out of 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the way I think about it is like, 
I think it's like super like the, the main thing that interests me about it is that it exists in like a very specific place and time. Um, it's something that like couldn't have even been made a week before or a week after that it was made. Um, I view it as a piece of conceptual art um, through listening to HKE's music a lot. Like I've grown pretty uh, used to HKE's voice. And, you know, <laughs> while it's not perfect, I do appreciate uh, what it like, what it is. And I understand the um, like, I, I, I truly do feel and understand the, the anger and the vitriol and a lot of the, the tracks on this project. Um, that being said, it's not something I would play for like my friends or anything. Like it's yeah. something that I, you know, that I can listen to. Uh, by myself and <laughs> think deeply about the vaporwave scene and uh, everything that HKE is saying. And I think a lot of what he's saying is uh, like, I think it's like pretty true. Like a lot of the things that he's saying, I know that like um, there are lines here and there that are cringe, but I mean, if you look at it as like, a, like it's sort of like a spoken word or rap project and you know <laughs> if you look yeah, at like yeah. there's many rappers that have lots of cringe cringe lyrics and uh i'm able to look past it i think it is a pretty intense uh pretty interesting project myself um and i like it a lot um and i'm and i think it like represents like the fact that it is so different from like everything that a uh, dream catalog has been putting out like previously it like is even different from all the flap stuff that HKE has been doing. Like it represents like the idea that uh, dream catalog is supposedly going to move forward towards more conceptual uh, pieces. And uh, you know, everything we said in the first uh, half of the episode that like dream catalog is now just going to be the place where HKE drops uh, whatever he personally finds uh important in the realm of music and i'm excited for that um you know i'm very yeah, I'm excited, excited for that too yeah yeah um yeah i'm excited for that too i just uh i just couldn't get over uh having to listen to that guy you know yeah i mean it doesn't bother me i, I it bothers you clearly but it really I, does. I find it fine um yeah so you know this is one of those this is one of those moments where Ek Man Sensei and Triton T two have to we have to agree to disagree. Let's we have just to agree to disagree. We have yeah. to agree to disagree uh, like like men, and we have to do it uh, nice. We gotta be men about it. Yeah, and let's we're not just... we're not going to go to blows and start insulting each other and you know yeah. like like last time. So although it um, does make for a good podcast, and I yeah. do look forward to the day when we can refine our craft to the point where. We have heated disagreements, and it doesn't sound lame and weird. That's yeah. I mean, that's pr that's probably impossible, but we'll we'll try. But I would I say know. that the best thing we could do, the best content we could possibly have, is if we had a fierce, sustained ideological debate over the course <laughs> of the entire podcast, and it sounded like cool and like we knew what we were talking about and shit. So I think that's a goal to strive for. And I'm uh, excited to be right. diving for it. Well, yeah, I mean, that'll come. That'll come. This podcast is still in its infancy, and it will grow into a multi-year project 
a multi uh, multimedia conglomerates. And, yes, uh, yeah. yeah. So be yeah. stay tuned in. Just be ready for what SlimeWire is going to bring to you in the coming coming months, coming years, coming decades. Yeah. Disagreements, um, hatreds, envies, and uh, clashes, ideological clashes <laughs> are in the works. Um, okay. Well, that. speaking of ideological clashes, um, the other topic we wanted to get to today was that I, in, I, I personally inflamed uh, the subreddit uh, recently with a uh, with a but why don't you just read the post Evan I mean you have it there uh, I don't well, have he it, blew up. it up people he blew it he blew it up he blew up the vaporwave subreddit uh, and he said that vaporwave is inherently leftist and anti-capitalist sure at least it used to be swag sorry buddy that's just how it is but I'm open to discussion Sorry, buddy. That's just how it is. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. Um, I thought, you know, I thought I made like a pretty good point and I thought I was funny in doing so. I thought I was trying to start a discussion, but, um, you know, I got a lot of vitriol uh, back at me. Um, you got a lot of flame. I think, you know, it, although it was supposed to be funny, flippant and just kind of like off the cuff, and meant to really start a debate, not not so much to put up your own opinion, but to see what others on the scene believe, you know, um, as that it it you, I think it was good, but I think a lot of people interpreted it as being the snarky and uh, dismissive uh, hipstery like leftism of a Portland boy. So yeah no, uh, no nobody on that subreddit knows they don't know who i am yeah, they no, don't know no, where i'm lot, posting from a them, no a lot of them definitely got that idea that it's uh yeah you're probably yeah right. you know um and so yeah there a lot of people were just kind of really pissed off uh and but there was some discussion that was that was created from it um most people yeah so like a bit a large amount of people were just like yeah can we not talk about this on the subreddit i just want to like look at pictures of like old <laughs> cars and like cassette decks and yeah uh, that's the the most i got out of it was people being like why does everything have to be about politics get this shit out of here i just want to you know i mean you said it before i just want to relive my childhood nostalgia yeah. And um, I think that's like, I feel like that's not what Vaporwave is, and it's never what yeah. it was. And if that's what you think Vaporwave is, that it's just, it's literally just about reliving what you thought you felt during your childhood, like, that's just, like, why do you want that? Don't you want more yeah. out of, like, arts? and like? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like if you like music at all, then the general just the general idea of like no i don't want to talk about it i just want to enjoy it leave me alone is like, <laughs> like yeah i don't want to think about it at all i just want to consume it mindlessly like yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> like it's insane uh yeah and it's just kind of sad that people are um like that i guess but uh uh yeah like i feel like if you at least take 
music somewhat seriously and vaporwave somewhat seriously, then you have to at least acknowledge that like the the anti-capitalist vaporwave themes are at least like a a part of it, you know? Yeah, they're at least there. And like, what I would say is that it's not about like, yes, they are like, they're literally obviously there. So like my, like I eventually people were like, well, you can't like say that without having an argument. So I was like, well, I mean, look at the vaporwave essentials guide and look at like, some of the album covers and some of the titles of the albums, you'll find things like redefining the workplace, uh, market world. Yes, we're open, you know, you'll, and I sort of started this discussion originally on Twitter, like a while ago and somebody like replied to it and said something along the line, like he said something along the lines of like, well, personally, I find the music of Cat System Corp and St. Pepsi to be not political at all. And I said, well, like, literally look at the names of those yeah. artists and, like, tell me that there isn't any, like, it doesn't have to be, like, obviously leftist, but, like... To, at least oh, there's something like, about the ca- capitalism and there's something yeah. about the economic system that produced all this stuff that is within that, that is trying to point out, you know? Yeah, and um, when and you can even go back to the very earliest, like, uh, ideologies about Vaporwave, where the whole idea was that you were, like, stealing music and re-releasing it under false names for free on Bandcamp, you know? Like, there's, like, a punk ethos to that. There's, yeah. like, you know, and it's not just about, like, reliving like and the other thing is that most of these people didn't were not alive for these things that they're supposed to be nostalgic about these people are younger than me and i wasn't a kid in the 80s i don't remember that yeah i mean i don't know so i think that like there's where it sort of gets interesting is like obviously there are i mean you can make this argument that there's that vaporwave is a leftist musical genre. I don't know, there's a lot to talk about here, but the one thing that I wanted to talk about was like what I thought the most interesting responses to the post were people saying that it was like, uh, like, oh, it's about capitalism, but it's not, you know, it's not anti-capitalist. It's just kind of, it, it's just like either it's, it's celebrating those times. It's celebrating the hyper-consumerism of the 80s and 90s, unironically. So it's pro-capitalist and not leftist at all. Or it's like, sure, there is like, it's just ironic about consumerism, you know? Um, Like one of the comments that I thought was interesting or funny was by Gemitarius, uh, he said, I think it's just supposed to be ironic without being political, like realizing how stupid life turned out to be and how meaningless using nostalgia and juxtaposition of opposites, loss of meaning and core. Being political is taking a stance with the political party or system. Vaporwave is just art. And it's like, like, I don't know, like realizing how stupid your life turned out to be and how meaningless it is, there's like you know, there's like a political element to that. That's uh, like your life is stupid and meaningless because you didn't have 
any opportunities to make it, you know, worthwhile. Yeah, and like what I'll say is like, if, if you like don't subscribe to leftist politics, like that's fine, and I can understand why if you really like vaporwave, and you're seeing somebody come in and describe it as leftist, I can understand why you would be upset about that. But I mean, you have to have some sort of argument to back it up beyond just like get this shit out of the subreddit. Um, the uh, one of the mods of the subreddit said that they had four different reports about this post and that they weren't sure whether or not they should keep it up. So I asked them what the report said and he sent me a screenshot. Um, one of them says, can I go anywhere without listening to this shit? One of them says, this is spam. One of them says, not vaporwave music or discussion. And one of them says, this is misinformation. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. It is vaporwave discussion. It's yeah. not misinformation. It's, it's not, not spam. Like, yeah. Like, it, like, and uh, the fact that an actual moderator of that subreddit would read those reports and go, ooh, geez, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't keep this discussion up, which has, as of now, fucking um, 155 comments on it. Like, yeah. way more comments than anything that happens on the subreddit. Yeah, and I feel like uh, the... I mean, I feel like there's probably uh, standards within the Reddit blogging scene in general that I'm not familiar with, because I don't... I would never in a million fucking years be a regular Reddit <laughs> and I never will be. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I'll stay away from that for the rest of my life. And I don't care about what would be considered spam or what wouldn't be. And then there's probably standards within this specific subreddit. And I also don't care about those, but like, so I imagine that like this, I could see how this, how your post would be would violate some of those standards because it is like you know it's very short and it's uh you could just interpret it as somebody trying to piss people off right yeah uh, is in our hellish political era any attempt to start any kind of political conversation is now interpreted as bad faith acting and just trying to piss people off and bait people i'll uh, admit i did not prepare like a uh a good argument for the original post, but I yeah, but feel like, like it's obvious enough <laughs> that, um, you I just know. don't think that like, I think, I think why should it be bad or like shit posting to just post something like, Hey, I think, Hey, I think vaporwave is this. What do you guys think? I want to hear your opinion. You know, like that is a, uh, you know, a classic way to start a discussion. I don't think you have to write a big paragraph. Like you're not you're not trying to put out your ideas. You're trying to hear what other people think about it. Okay. Um, and I know that it was made in basically good faith. Uh, so yeah. So about that, it's like yeah. I just don't. I don't know if this is considered a poor quality post or an offensive post. Then you should take a look at like what you're doing within <laughs> Reddit vaporwave uh subreddit i don't know yeah um, yeah because yeah. yeah and you look at the, all the other ones and it's literally just every single one is like oh dude i like new mixtape dropped check it out you know yeah or like top 10 retro 70s 
synth core wave, like, you know, top 10 lists and uh, shit like that. So it's just like, I don't know, like BuzzFeed style uh, discussion, like listicles and shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. I would like to, uh, I would like to read the description of the Vaporwave subreddit uh, really quick. So oh, yeah. global capitalism is nearly <laughs> there. At the end of the world, there will only be liquid advertisement and gaseous desire. Sublimated from our bodies, our untethered senses will endlessly ride escalators through pristine artificial environments, more and less than human, drugged up and drugged down, catalyzed, consuming and consumed by a relentlessly rich economy of sensory information (laughs) valued by the pixel. The virtual plaza welcomes you, and you will welcome it, too. Yeah, yeah, like, how can you not... Come on, dude, like, this has never occurred to you before, like... Yeah, like, keep your politics out of my vaporwave, I don't want to, like, I don't want to think about that here. Yeah, it's like, how can you possibly not draw that conclusion from this? And I mean, I feel like there's also a discussion that I think uh, has been framed or been talked about elsewhere but like there's a difference between the kind of nostalgia of vaporwave and of like other kinds of nostalgia like what i always think of is that bruno mars album All right. that was uh, like yeah. a michael jackson thing okay like a michael well, jackson um, sound I thing sayonara. yeah i think it's all right sayonara to you. uh he released it i can't remember when it's a good album but that's like that's just kind of nostalgia right like that album is just about like, hey, remember these times? Remember this cool like new jack sound? Oh, that was cool music back then, huh? Let's relive it with my music. I'm Bruno Mars. And uh <laughs> I'm and Bruno Mars. <laughs> Bruno Mars, let's go. <laughs> I'm uh, Michael Jackson. Michael's gonna pretend to be Michael Jackson for a little bit. It's a great I actually really like that album from what I've heard of it. And uh uh yeah, so there's that kind of nostalgia. But listening to Vaporwave, I think, is a qual like a quantitatively different or qualitatively different uh, experience. Because it's like there's nostalgia, there's an element of nostalgia in it, but it's also not supposed to be celebratory. It's supposed to make you feel uneasy and uncertain about yeah. the past and the future. You know, like, like I don't know, like. So I just find it like weird that people are there like, yeah, just listening to uh, slow down 80s music. Just yeah. And being like, oh, wow, this really just makes me feel a pure nostalgia for when I was eight years old playing Game Boy stuff. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the main like modern vaporwave problem is like. Um, it used to be modern art, and now it's like retro video game enthusiasts and like yeah, yeah, know, shit like that. And uh, yeah. you know, I'd rather like my personal favorite vaporwave is stuff that is conceptual and has statements about art and life and the economy and like what we're all doing. And you know, that's yeah. what I would rather listen to. I think it has. I mean, I think that like it literally only vaporwave as a musical genre has the power to comment on those 
sets of questions in the way that it does. No other type of music really does. Like yeah. really, just by listening to it can make you think about stuff like this, you know? Uh, like there's like anti-capitalist music and there's like music with strong left leaning themes, but it's mostly like punk music about, that's like specifically about how we should all destroy the system and stuff. Uh, there's nothing that's like, oh, there's like a temporal loop that's being created in late capitalism as we all run out of ideas and turn to recycled versions of things from the past, we begin to lose all sense of time itself and you know stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, I mean, that's that. You can go check out that uh, Reddit post. Um, you know, give yeah, drop some, a comment. Give it some upvotes. It doesn't have any upvotes. The fucking <laughs> bastards went and downvoted it to hell. But um, it's also pretty old as of this recording. But um, yeah. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll reignite the flame. Um, you should. Yeah. There is one last thing uh, for this episode that I wanted to say. Um, recently, a very classic old school vaporwave artist called Lynn's Heaven Virtual Plaza uh, uh, passed away, unfortunately. So I don't know if you've ever listened to their music. I'll probably I'll link you to like an album. They're like super old school. They had albums on a uh, Fortune 500, Business Casual, I Lamp This Recordings, like a bunch of like OG uh, vaporwave yeah, yeah. labels. They're like very very good, very very talented. And uh, yeah, it sucks. They unfortunately passed away. I'm gonna end the pod with a uh, song from them. Um, since at the beginning of the pod, we were talking about how we can't associate with Tiger Blood Tapes because it's ah. run by the Private Suite podcast guy. <laughs> well, ironically, they're doing a vinyl release of <laughs> Lynn's Heaven Virtual Plaza, and um, supposedly all the sales are going to the estate of uh, the guy. So, okay. so, so rest yeah. in peace to uh, Lynn's Heaven Virtual Plaza. Damn. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Rest in peace. And um, yeah, I guess uh, that's it. We will be back soon and we're going to be talking uh, Slime Language 2, baby. And we're going to be talking. We're going to bring you the Young Thug episode. The um, Young Thug extravaganza. You're going to hear things about Young Thug you never even dreamed about. I have so much to say about Young Thug. I can't wait. <laughs> we have a canon of takes, a, yeah. an entire back catalog of takes, <laughs> virtually our entire time knowing each other. Yes. Uh, that will be all let out in the Thugger <laughs> episode. Slime Wire covers Slime Language 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great title. Yeah. It's um, the episode we were born to make, and I could not be more hyped. While I was listening to Slime Language 2 in the car today, it just all came rushing back to me. The intense musical genius. Do you want to, like, just, so just some, like, some first takes? Um, I just want to tell you that I think it slaps. Oh, it absolutely slaps. It's absolutely okay. fine. Hell yeah. I feel, so, uh, yeah, so it's fantastic. I couldn't <laughs> be with it. Um, I do, I, one thing that I was, that I've kind of been ruminating about is that it seems to, I think it's of a piece with 
his later releases, but he's been gradually abandoning the kind of weird gender bent things that he used to do. And this seems like a much more masculine album. Than his <laughs> which might, yeah. be, might be the result of like a lot of uh, many different collaborators. Cause this yeah. sounds like an album that is not so much like Young Thug plus features, but like five dudes that had like an equal hand in making it, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. like, that is something that I sort of miss from the heyday of Jeffrey, you know, where I think that reached its peak. And a lot of that music really sounds very fruity to me, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, so I just think that's interesting, but it's also an absolute slap of a, of a project. Can't wait to dig into it. Yeah, so everybody go listen to uh, go listen to Slime Language 2, listen to that Lens Heaven Virtual Plaza album on Tiger Blood Tapes, and uh, yeah. listen to Hyper Whatever by V Slash and the newest uh, DC drop. Um, SlimeWire will always be here for you. Uh, SlimeWire will prevail. And uh, sayonara. Uh, sayonara. <laughs>